Taylor's in the house. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those locks for love type of situations. Impolite. People always fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger's always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Welcome to episode 96 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 46 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensible, distinguished educational comedy show. Either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. East of me is Bobby D. Yo. And west of all of us is our guest host, John Dunn. Hey! John is still guest hosting. Thank you for that, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. In a few minutes, our guest Kevin Bozeman will be joining, and we'll be answering listener questions, talking about indecorous news. We'll be diving deep. What are we diving deep in? I'm just leaving these up to you now, Bobby, because I never know how to describe the things you do. What what, what would you call it? Uh, Like historical conspiracy theories. Diving deep into historical conspiracy theories. Yeah, I don't even know if we've dove deep in a long time. We're just really uh, just talking about stuff. Yeah, basically we haven't dove deep since Ian hasn't been here because you've just been phoning it in every single time, Bobby. <laughs> We're doing the shallow... To be what, fair, I've, kind of, I've been Googling it in. You've been, okay, yeah. I wasn't specific enough right there. I want to say this before we start out, because we always do corrections and clarifications, and this is a minor one, but it still bugged me. In the last episode that we recorded, I used the word acronym when I should have used the word anagram. Mm. So I apologize for that. You guys remember we were talking about the Korean small dick thing? Yeah, I've been judging you all weekend. I remember the moment you're talking about. I haven't been able to sleep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, this one guy was a professor at Incheon National University, which I said was an acronym for one inch, but it's an anagram for one inch. So I apologize for that. I just want to get that out of the way. Anytime I use the wrong word, I get very uh, screw wrench about it. How are you guys been? I mean, better now that you've owned up to that. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, I wouldn't mind hearing, John, was before we started the podcast, you were telling us that you worked with Kayvon at one point? Uh, yeah, we, it was a, a show at a, I almost said a funeral home, but what I meant was... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it turned to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I meant a nursing home. Um, <laughs> wow, how was that? Um, it was the most brutal heckling I've ever been subjected to. Um, oh, are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Like, just from the get-go, they were all over my ass. Like, I couldn't even get the premise of a joke out of my mouth. They thought that that was like, a, that I was throwing a discussion topic out, and people just started yelling shit. It was crazy. Jeez. What would you say was the average? Average age? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. The high 70s, maybe? Holy shit. Yeah, like old Why old does anybody think that's a good idea? Old people don't deserve laughter. <laughs> well, they didn't get any either. <laughs> they they were not having my shit for sure. It was how much time did you have to do? Um, I think like twenty. That sounds brutal. It was. Yeah, it does. It was, man. They were. It was like Showtime at the Apollo shit. Right out of the gate, they were like, "Fuck you! <laughs> we hate everything you're about." Everything out of my mouth, like, was they just start commenting. It was like a fucking discussion group would break out in the middle of my joke. So what would you do? I mean, did you try to, like, heckle them back or just did you fucking destroy those old people? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just pointed out that you, you notice none of your loved ones are here. Um... <laughs> this is why they're not here. <laughs> How did it go for Kayvon? He crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I can see Kayvon definitely crushing, because, I mean, he seems like quite the panderer to me, just to begin with. And also, he's, like, super conservative, which is right up old people's alleys. So I can see how he could do well in a room like that. 
He just goes through complaining about every generation after them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just very much generational comedy. What about you, Bobby? Are you working with Kayvon too? Are you also betraying me? No, he's he's thinking about moving in though. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have your own reality show with Kayvon? Uh thinking about it. I mean, it depends on we were gonna pitch something to you, but it doesn't sound like that's gonna go through. So Yeah, no. I mean I'd get my money in advance is the only thing I would recommend with <laughs> Kayvon. Yeah, I uh, I think so. All right, guys, it's time now to welcome our guest, Mr. Kevin Bozeman, everybody. Kevin, how are you doing, man? Fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for doing it. Where are you at these days? In Chicago right now, but I'm flying out to Vegas tomorrow for one day. Oh, nice. Sweet, man. What are you doing out that way? I will be collecting my NBA gambling winnings. Thank you very much. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> From this season? Yeah, so every year, me and my buddy, we go out before the NBA season starts, mm -hmm. and we bet the uh, NBA regular season totals, and then a couple, like, playoff bets we make. Like, who's going to make the playoffs and stuff? Because this isn't, I mean, I haven't been able to keep up as much, but it seems like this this postseason has been a little wild with injuries and shit. Yeah, it has been crazy, but the play has been fantastic. But uh, most, of my, most of my collections are just from the... Uh, the regular season, even though I did put some money on the Clippers to win it all uh, at the beginning of the year. So I'm still holding out a little bit of hope for that. But uh, other than that, gravy, baby. Yeah, man, that's fucking awesome, dude. I want to I want to get more into that gambling shit, but I don't I just I don't fucking know. You just got to do it. Just don't. That's, <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Just don't don't sit there and try to overeducate yourself. Just. Just stay away from amazingly dumb shit and then trust your gut. That's it. How long have you been doing it, like gambling on the NBA or just sports? So I grew up in a family of gamblers. My mother. Okay. My mother was a, like, we grew up, I don't call us poor, but I also, I'm not going to say uh, middle income is a bit of a stretch. Okay. So we were in that fine line. But most, with most pe people who's bad at handling money, uh, whenever my mother and father uh -huh. would come up with a little extra cash, they would go gambling. <laughs> 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 so they used to take us, they used to take us to the racetracks and stuff when we were younger. So I mean, I literally was born into oh, it. They shit. taught me, they taught me how to count with a deck of cards. So I was <laughs> like, wow, dude, I was like seven, eight, nine, ten, jack, queen, king, <laughs> ace. Sometimes it could be used as 11. Sometimes it be used as one. Right. <laughs> That's great. I want to get into it more. I just don't know much about it, but I did just recently get into cryptocurrencies and that's basically the same thing it's just gambling at this point it is gambling but it, yeah right and it's the same thing because you got a bunch of people that's supposed to be fluent in it telling you what's a lock what's gonna be guaranteed yeah yeah and then i still think that it's legit because the world is too evil to not have a black market currency yeah, I, yeah, I like right? that. It's not right. The world, it just is too much shady shit going on that people don't want people to know about. So cryptocurrency is here to stay. And I think, as you know now, people will manipulate. All you have to see is uh, you watch, what's that movie with the uh, the homes and stuff? The the Big Short? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that? good one. That was really and so good. you see that people will manipulate yeah will manipulate things even though they should do it just because it's the way it is and i believe that that could be happening with crypto is crypto is probably better off than what it's showing because people want people to sell don't ever think that the united states of america wants fair and equality for everyone don't ever that's <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is the bigs like they do not want people coming in and being wealthy they need people to rely on them because oh, once yeah. Once we become independent, then a lot of things will cease to be. 
Well, I think, yeah, I think that's the crux of it right there, man. The reason that they haven't embraced crypto is because they haven't figured out exactly how to make money off of it. Until it's rich people making more money off of it, they're not going to allow these right. fucking poor people to get rich. What the fuck? Right. Just like, remember what Robin Hood did with the... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Shut it down. <laughs> with the uh, AMC and then the GameStop. They're like, yeah. no, no, this is not how we intend it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. This is <laughs> not for you to be... <laughs> <laughs> sitting here at Chick-fil-A and all of a sudden you're sitting on 200,000. This is not right. the world we want. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, we're going to start off the podcast with our first segment. We like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. The question that is always number one is where do I send questions? That's indecorouscomedy at gmail.com or hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram at Indecorous Comedy, Twitter at Indecorous Pod, Patreon at themshits.com. And how do you spell Indecorous, Bobby? It's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. That is perfect. And the first question comes from Jocelyn. And Jocelyn asks, what is your favorite thing about being a comedian? And I always thought, I mean, there's several things that I like a lot about being a comedian. It's hard to rank them all, but I think up there is just being able to hang out with other comedians, like just being surrounded with other people that are funny and also are going to get my jokes as well. You know, they're not going to get offended or get angry because I told a joke. I think that's the biggest perk of being a comedian. It's like, I think I've heard Stanhope say, being a comedian almost ruins you for normal people. Yeah. You can't <laughs> hang out with normal people anymore because it's just not the same. How about you, Kevin? Actually, you know what? I think it's kind of easy for me. I think the best thing about doing stand-up comedy, as crazy as it sounds, is doing stand-up comedy. It's what I want to do. You know how I many people have jobs that they don't oh, yeah. like? There is oh, yeah. nothing worse than going into a place of work that you cannot stand, but you have to do it. And I think... Oh, yeah. The fact that I can do something that I want to do and make a living of it is easily the best part about stand-up. I mean, the laughs, the shows, all of that stuff takes care of itself. But being able to have a job that you enjoy doing, that you don't wake up and go, oh, I got to do this today. That's not to say I don't have days where I'm not feeling like, oh, I got to travel this and pack bags. But still, even then, like when I get to the club, for the most part, unless it's a shit run club or whatever, I'm still happy to be doing something that other than doing something I don't want to do. So that's that's number uno for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I agree with that 100 percent, man. It's and it's easy if you do stand up long enough. It, it's easy to take for granted the fact that a lot of people are every day just getting up to do shit that they do not yeah. want to do, that they're just miserable doing. Yeah, probably yeah. most people, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. That would be a great poll. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to steal that from you guys. Or you guys should or <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put a poll out and be like, ah. Yeah, the poll could be called miserable or lying. Right, <laughs> yeah. It should be, just be like, who is doing a job? Who is out there doing a job they don't want to do and who's doing the job that they want to do just are you doing the job that you're happy with yes or no and just what do you think the percentage would be three percent think that their boss is running the survey <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they're gonna be too scared to tell the truth <laughs> it's a trap Bobby and John don't do it full time but from doing stand-up what do you guys like the best about it income stability <laughs> really yeah that's the money that's all it yeah. is yeah <laughs> so wait you have another job and then the stand-up allows you to have some, a stable income <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> stand-up subsidizes my creative pursuits <laughs> he does the stand-up to bankroll his shifts at chick-fil-a yeah. <laughs> i tell people all the time when they're first starting out don't be so quick to quit that day job home that is a cushion and then you can and oh, you yeah. can get yeah. uh, stand up, especially those people. I'm always baffled with those people that have uh, regular jobs and be on the road every week, and they'd be like, "Oh man, my company knows knows what <laughs> that you're never going to be at work. How is this? How do you get this hookup? <laughs> I want that job." Yeah, dude. 
Yeah, that's amazing, man, when I hear about that shit. John, tell the story about when you told Greg Giraldo that you had quit. Tell, tell the story. Uh, I think you're talking about what I was... Uh, was it at, Rob Schneider? Yeah, it was Rob Schneider. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rob Schneider, Greg Giraldo. We all get those two confused all the time. <laughs> yeah, the same comedic yeah. level. <laughs> no. Yeah, we, uh, I was at... Uh, I can't remember. I think it was maybe Jacksonville, Florida or something, doing shows there. And we were hanging out at uh, like Steak and Shake or something. And we looked over and, and uh, Rob Schneider was there because he was there for like the weekend or whatever, doing shows. And one of my buddies walks over and introduces himself and was telling him who we were. And he waves us over. And so the first thing he says to me, I had just recently quit practice in law to focus on comedy. <laughs> and the first thing he says to me when I walk over there is like, hey, don't quit your job, man. <laughs> that's the first thing he said to you that's the first thing he said which i had just done the week prior so you had just quit your day job the week prior yeah yeah well just recently quit uh, working at a law firm so the advice was a little late you should have went back in there and asked for it back based on the word of rob schneider <laughs> yeah just get a reference letter from yeah. rob schneider <laughs> exactly have him write a little something for you yeah, I like how Rob Schneider said that to you just off the bat, because usually people tell you that after they see you perform. Yeah, he sized me up pretty quick. He didn't even need that information. Yeah, he was like, no, you do not want to quit your day job. But I'm assuming you brought up Geraldo, because that's basically what he did, right? Wasn't that his story? He was like Harvard Law and quit that shit to go do stand-up full-time? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what happened. Yeah, that's. I didn't know that about Greg. I know... People underestimate, like, as a stand-up comic, the intelligence that goes into crafting a joke. It is a high-intellect business Oh yeah, that's just surrounded by yeah. laziness and fuckery. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> All right. The second question comes from Lisa, and Lisa asks, What is your go-to karaoke song? My go-to... I mean, I don't do karaoke very often. I have to be very, very drunk to do karaoke. <laughs> But that's not uncommon for me to get very, very drunk. So when it does happen, I usually go with Bon Jovi, Wanted, Dead or Alive. <laughs> and it's because I have a bit that's a long, it might be one of the longest bits I've ever written that's all about that song. And that just becomes my go-to every time I do karaoke. Kevin, you ever do karaoke? I mean, it's... Not often, and when I do, it is. We're talking about kryptonite. Kryptonite <laughs> is the song by Three Doors Down. No, yeah, <laughs> my vocals are brutal. So, but I do. I will sing songs like I can sing. I don't hide, so I'll go Prince. Nice. <laughs> I'll say Prince. If I try to go grunge i might sing lithium nirvana oh nice because that song right you know yeah that song doesn't require uh, a pitch right because i was gonna say when you said prince are you hitting those high notes and shit oh i'm butchering i mean <laughs> i'm butchering the whole thing i'm, I'm walking people, I'm walking people sure. mostly because it's in the middle of his set yeah, and just pull up the Yeah. <laughs> just start singing Prince. And just break and into people. a Prince. It's my, it's my Andy Kaufman riff when I hate the audience. I go the Prince. How about, Bobby, I've seen you do Beastie Boys. Didn't you do Beastie Boys? Yeah, I was going to say I, I will only do one karaoke song. Is it any Beastie Boys? Sabotage. No, just sa just Sabotage. Yeah, so not only is it one artist, it's one song. That's all I do. Don't ask me anything else. But he nails it. I mean, it's very, it's like very faithful to the original. That's great. I love that song. I can't do hip hop. I just can't rap, dude. Like I, I can't keep the, anything that has like super fast lyrics or, or not even super fast, just semi fast lyrics. I'm, I'm done. Like that's, maybe that's why I do Bon Jovi because it's just slow as fuck. <laughs> yeah. How about you, John? Um, I don't really have a go-to. In fact, I, I don't know if I've ever done karaoke and then remembered it the next day. Um, <laughs> so maybe we, we, maybe we should be asking Bobby what John sings when he does karaoke. Yeah, uh, just ask the witnesses. I, I think it'd be funny to do like a Leonard Skinner song or something where it's like there's a minute and a half of singing and then nine minutes of guitar solo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just playing air guitar the whole time. <laughs> Just walk off the stage. Bring like a tennis racket and then just fucking play the guitar on the tennis racket the whole time. Uh, Brendan Walsh actually has a great bit about like he likes to sing the Cranberries zombie because it ends with that woman just doing that. Ah, ah, ah. 
for like <laughs> two minutes. Just mocking the deaf for <laughs> an extended period. All right. And we're going to move on to our last question of the night. Dick asks, does Bigfoot exist? And I am a skeptic of most things, if not all things. So I'm going to say if I had to put money, that's how I like to say, like, I'm not, I don't know anything for sure. So the way I like to judge how confident I feel about something is how much I would bet on something, which is right up Kevin's alley there. Yeah, now, see, there you go. Yeah. That's the same mentality you need with your betting sport. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it's right. How much would I bet on that? And to be honest, that's I do that all the time. That's how I judge the confidence of how much I have. And on this one, if I had to bet money on it, I would bet he does not exist because I think by now we would have found something. Yeah, we would have cleared it out from its natural habitat. Yeah, I was just going right. to say, there'd be commercials on TV about how we're ruining Bigfoot's habitat with subdivisions and stuff. Or we would see a bunch of people out in Montana mauled to death. Like, why does Bigfoot always run? Yeah. Why is he always running? Why does he keep hold his ground? Yeah. Just find dozens of them, you know, burned in a wildfire. Yeah, Bigfoot, apparently, if, even if Bigfoot exists, he's a giant pussy, apparently. Right. Yeah. I just, I, dude, I just want to be left alone. I used to, yeah. I used to just be a big dude, a regular dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like the Ted Kaczynski of the animal kingdom. Yeah, he was just like, why was I cursed with having these big feet? I just want to be left alone where nobody can see me. Like, why couldn't I have been a leprechaun? <laughs> I don't believe it. So I guess we all agree here. We're going no on Bigfoot. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote no. I think I would be like the difference between you and I though is like I'm a high risk, high reward gambler. Oh. So you're like how much money I would put on it. I my question I always ask, gun to the head, yes or no? <laughs> gun to the head, yes or no? Bigfoot, yes or no? No, no. I mean, but again, I'm welcome to change my mind if you show me evidence. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, and it will never happen. I mean, if you somebody comes up with some genuine HD video of this motherfucker, I'll be like, all right, I was wrong. And I might be willing to change my mind if you showed me a gun. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah, if you show me a gun, the answer is whatever you want the answer to be. Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our second segment of the podcast. This is Indecorous News. This is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. This first headline says, and it's the only headline, we have one story. It's New Zealand man faces legal action for painting penises around potholes. And actually, this goes back to a life hack we did last season on the podcast, which is very similar to this. It was basically, if you want to get a pothole fixed, draw a dick on it, because somebody's going to come out to fix that shit, which apparently, yeah. I'm guessing, it must have been based on a story like this. So the source for this is the CBC, and Bobby, you can uh, tell us more about it. Jeff Upson has been drawing very large, colorful penises around potholes in his home city of Auckland since 2018 to draw attention to a problem he says authorities are ignoring. Now, Auckland Transport has taken legal action against the road safety campaigner following a complaint over his artwork. Upson says he has given a formal statement to the police and faces a fine or possible community service. I'm remaining optimistic that Auckland Transport will just fix the road and they will accept that the only reason I've drawn on the road is because the road was unsafe to start with. Uh, I, I don't know what the actual law is. I mean, actually, I don't even know what law they would be accusing him of breaking would be like i guess like graffiti law or some shit yeah just destruction of property but are you really destroying the property by just drawing a dick on it well you're destroying the property that's around the property that's destroyed <laughs> okay yeah i think you know he's kind of inadvertently violating the how dare you demand we do our job act <laughs> yeah that might be what it is these people just don't want to get to work that's why they're pissed is because they're going to make them work I like, though, that they're doing this because apparently they got a complaint over his art. That's what it said on the article. They're taking legal action following a complaint over his artwork. That, hey, maybe it's just somebody complained that the penises aren't realistic enough. You don't know. They're not veiny enough for whoever's uh, taste was that complained about the artwork. It would be really funny, though, if they were just talking about the one complaint and not the dozens of compliments and positive reviews. That's right. This is a really good-looking dick, man. Yes, yeah. right. That's right. It's, in a just world, you would have to weigh them both. It's like, how many compliments versus complaints? And then 
If you get more compliments, then fucking keep drawing them dicks. Listen, real heroes in a community always have to commit a little bit of crime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there are people that's rallying around him, like fix the roads. Yeah, keep drawing dicks. We'll pay your fines. We fix the roads. <laughs> oh my god, dude. That dude's a hero in a community. And to be a hero in a community, you gotta be willing to break a little bit of crime. It would be pretty great, though, if this guy just somehow finds himself at the point where he ends up becoming the Banksy of dick art, and he's selling them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> I love that concept, though. Like, I can see somebody making that into a movie about the guy that drew dicks on the streets, and the law came down on him, but then the community rallied together to pay all his fines so he could and then he was just a sex offender at the end (laughs) but then in like a dark twisted movie he was the one that was creating the potholes oh shit (laughs) damn man you nailed it that's uh all right see we might not be able to air this episode so we can write this script dude (laughs) potholes potholes (laughs) <laughs> do we have an example of this because i i want to know if the pothole is supposed to be like the urethra or is it the jizz oh What's going on? that's a great yeah you're always you love uh for all the dicks to be anatomically correct yeah, yeah if i had to guess i guess it's the dick is pointing toward the pothole oh uh, okay, yeah so it's like coming the pothole right? <laughs> I, I thought the pothole would be the vagina part <laughs> ah see okay see that's why we got to figure this out it's details, Carlos, details. But that's what I'm thinking. The pothole is the vagina, and the dick <laughs> looks like it's about to go into the pothole. All right, see, now I think Kevin's turning this into a bet now. Like, all right, who's right? How much money are we putting on this <laughs> shit? Only if there are guns involved. <laughs> yeah. Gun to the head. Gun to the Gun head. Gun to the head. Yes or no. Is the dick point? Is it a vagina? Is it a vagina pothole? Or is it is the pothole just one nut to the penis? <laughs> Dick to the head. Dick to the head. Come on. All right. I'm actually, I'll, as we read this, I'm going to try to pull up a picture of the actual thing. So we'll get an answer to this by the time we're done with the story. But John, you can read this next part. Auckland Transport confirmed that formal graffiti charges were laid against Upson on Friday and said that the case is now in the hands of police. As we head into Road Safety Week next week, Auckland Transport is actually looking forward to working positively with Mr. Upson. Auckland Transport spokesperson Natalie Polly said, Although we may not agree with the way he drew attention to the potholes, Auckland Transport and Mr. Upson have the same ultimate goal, road safety awareness. So they're saying, like, yeah, we're pressing charges, but yeah, we'll work with him. I mean, I don't think this is the best way to do this. It's like, <laughs> we're willing to work with him from prison. I mean, I don't think it's really Listen, gonna... man, we, listen, you go on to jail, but we respect, we respect <laughs> yeah. your drive. <laughs> but you are going to do time, but we do. Yeah. <laughs> mad props, mad yeah. props. Mad props, but yeah, we're still fucking you over. <laughs> I think they should bring out trucks and workers and road cones and all that stuff and just pave over the dicks but leave the pothole. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's like road bumps for the dicks. Or dick road cones. Oh, oh, so you're yeah. always thinking. You're always thinking about the dicks, Bobby. That's like it's a, the road crew is like a bachelorette party. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Upson said his decision to spray paint dicks around holes was an act of desperation after he grew frustrated that authorities were not taking the pothole issue seriously enough and refused to fill his holes. I've tried other ways. I've tried getting in touch with the local counselors, and I've tried contacting Auckland Transport directly. And quite often, I feel like they just simply ignore me. So, I mean, the dude tried. I'm all for this guy, man. At least he he tried to do it the normal way. But again, it's like, if you don't do something extreme, they're never going to pay attention to you. Yeah, if only somebody had spray-painted dicks all over that condo building. (laughs) (laughs) The Miami condo building, that's right. All right. Bobby, you can tell us a bit more. He says he was inspired by a similar campaign by the UK street artist who goes by the name Wanksy. Yeah, see, you kind of predicted this, <laughs> oh, uh, Bobby. Yeah, that, no, but there's a diff- this is not Banksy. This is Wanksy. Oh, okay. His brother, right? Yeah, that's right. In 2015, the anonymous artist began spray painting giant dicks around the potholes in Greater Manchester. On that occasion, it was reported that many of the pothole dicks Wanksy had drawn were filled within 48 hours of his dick tagging. Dozens of before and after pothole photos of his work can be seen on Wanksy's Facebook fan page, 
with many of the pictures still showing bits of Wanksy's drawings poking out from the sides of the repaired pavement, like a half ball sacks and mushroom head tips with the part where the pee comes out, or probably dick veins and maybe pubes and herpes sores. Yeah. I saw some of the pictures from Wanksy's thing, and Wanksy, you can see that they cover the pothole, but you can still see kind of like the outline of the dick all around it. So it's now you just get like uh, little glimpses of the dick. Okay. But at least the pothole is covered, <laughs> which I guess is the main purpose of it. John, you get this next one. Wanksy's work was not without detractors, however, as some lame motherfuckers were like, the actions of this individual are not only stupid, but incredibly insulting to local residents. Has this person just for one second considered how families with young children must feel when they are confronted with these obscene symbols as they walk to school? A dick to the pothole that's making their day. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, man. Yeah. You, you just made your kids the most excited to go to school. Exactly. <laughs> they can't wait to visit those dicks. This is the shit that this is how heroes come to be. Yes. These are real life heroes. He's inspiring people across the board. These kids are rushing to school. Be like, you wouldn't believe what I saw. Yes. <laughs> They're not going to remember any of social studies, but they'll remember the time they were walking to school and saw dicks spray painted everywhere. Yes. That, and that's what I was going to say. Like, not only will they be talking about it in school, they'll be talking about it for the rest of their lives, man. They're going to be like, man, mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, dude, all of a sudden dicks were showing up all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might inspire the next generation of dick art. It's hard to not think about super bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy's a fucking hero. Bobby, you can tell us more. Upson's work appears to be less likely to leave stray pubic hairs or partial ball sacks behind. When asked how big his penises are, he insists it really just depends on the size of the pothole. I'm always very, very careful to keep my drawings within the area of the road which needs to be replaced, Upson said. He also added that some of the potholes in the city are quite big and require fatter, juicier, and more fully engorged cocks to cover their whole area. black cocks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can say that, Kevin. I can't say that, because then I'll, I'll get canceled. That is why you guys have me here. Yeah, that's the, right. That's why we have you here, man. <laughs> yeah. You just call me fill in the blanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then for the, the tiny potholes, that's the, the Japanese, uh -oh. Japanese dick. See, you still can't say that. Yeah, I guess not. All right, see, <laughs> God damn it. The only positive stereotypes on this podcast. <laughs> you can't. Nope. Yeah, nope. Damn it. I'm also here to tell you what you can't Son say. Son of a bitch. Nope. <laughs> nope. White dicks, little white dicks. Little perfect. white dicks, then. All right. <laughs> little white dicks. I love that band. <laughs> little white dicks, yeah. Little white dicks. <laughs> All right, John, you can close us out with this last one. He hopes his dicks will get some holes filled, but he also draws them in the hopes of alerting drivers to the danger of an upcoming dick hole. Upson says the worst is at night when it's difficult to see the potholes. He'll often see drivers changing their tires on the side of the road. That's half the reason I do it is because saving drivers' wheels and their tires from damage. Okay, so hold on. I just got a whole new appreciation for this guy. Dick hole has been this whole thing. We've been thinking penises and vaginas. It's a dick hole. Well, I mean, it's like a portmanteau, I believe. Is that what the word is? Where you mix it? It's a dick on a hole. So it's a dick hole. Yeah, I need this guy in my life. I thought, for a second, I thought you were saying he spray painted him so that when you look at the pothole, it's like you're looking down the barrel. <laughs> like it's a urethra you're looking down in? Yeah. yeah. Like it's a gun to the head, guys. She would have did like a 3D drawing? That's crazy. <laughs> no, okay. You got to look at it from a certain angle and then yeah. you see into the void. <laughs> no, I, this guy's impressive. It's a dick hole. Stop. Like, fix this dick hole. <laughs> How many times do you tell people, right? Like, stop being a dick hole, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, right. It's, it's all coming together now. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, you're seeing all the levels this guy's working at. Okay. <laughs> this guy is. He's far superior to our intellect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's achieved his ultimate form. Upson estimates he's covered around 100 potholes. Most, but not all, are penises. Yes, <laughs> which makes me wonder what the non-penises are. Turtles. When the coffee table book comes out, I'm going to find out. <laughs> well, yeah, hey. that's right. When they make the movie, the fucking movie we're writing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is just going to be all about the different nuances of this episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I love it. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I've pulled up the dicks, all right? 
So I don't know who said what. So you guys are going to have to settle your bets amongst yourselves. But I am about to show you this is the New Zealand guy's dicks. This is not Wanksy because I'm also going to show you Wanksy. So this is the guy from this story, the guy that's getting charges in New Zealand. And this is what his dick looks like. Oh, dude, is that fluorescent? Yeah, yeah it looks like a fluorescent green. Uh, well, I'll let you guys describe it. I don't know how you guys. So, okay, but I definitely think that that is definitely a dick hole because it's a dick on the hole. Uh... It's not. It's not next to it. It's what well, we. What I originally thought is it a dick going inside the hole? Is the hole of vagina? Right. That's a dick on the hole, right? Dick it's on a the dick hole. hole. Yeah, it's a dick hole. It. It's like the hole is the vein on that one. Yeah, it, like. it, it kind of looks like a failed attempt at a Venn diagram. Yeah, it's not a very good dick, I gotta say. Yeah. Wow, you guys are very critical about dicks. Yeah. It's way some... too rudimentary. Dude, it looks like a cucumber on fucking, like one of those little bikes. The, what do you call those little things? Those electric two-wheel bikes? Oh, a scooter? Uh, no, not the scooter. What's the new thing that they have where you just... Hoverboard? Yes. Yeah, okay. And also the balls are very, I mean, they're just two circles. Yeah. So that is the Oakland guy. Now, the original Wanksy, this is some of his work. I thought you were going to do one of those, like, awesome ones. (laughs) No. I thought it was going to be a thing, like, where they could do, like, a four-hour time-lapse video of the guy sitting out there with (laughs) chalk. But then after four hours, it's just that same. Like, <laughs> it still sucks. Yeah. Dick slit on this one is outrageous. <laughs> it looks like a fountain pen. The head of it looks like some sort of fish, sort of, <laughs> you know, like a goddamn piranha. Well, Wanksy's definitely prouder of his work, though, because if you've noticed at the base of the shaft there, he signed it, Wanksy. <laughs> Here's another one. This is more of a chode. <laughs> That's the Epstein. <laughs> I definitely like the balls on this one better than the first one. Either of the first two, actually. I mean, these these ones look more like balls. It's funny that this one's smaller. Uh, like, it looks less erect than the other one, but this one's the one that's ejaculating. Is that the whole egg-shaped thing they were talking about in the deposition? I, but yeah, that must be what it is. This is his homage to Epstein. And so this is one that's been covered, but you can still see kind of like the balls and the tip of the dick and the, and I guess it had some sort of bump on the dick there at the middle. What are they drawing with? I mean, what, that's just like, like not chalk or whatever, obviously, because you could just easily erase that. If it's I think it's spray paint. I don't know what Wanksy was doing, but the other guy, the guy in New Zealand, he said that he was using paint that they use normally on streets that erases after a couple of weeks. So that was part of his defense. Okay. I think. Yeah, I was about to say, because I would seem like he's like, you he can't be like, hey, get rid of this pothole. Also, you will never be able to get rid of this dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's probably where the big divide is amongst (laughs) dick drawers. And now he's he's going from misguided hero to villain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's another one that looks more like a snake jumping in and out of a pothole. (laughs) It's like a Loch Ness Monster (laughs) type thing. I like that. The serpentine dick. Yeah, serpentine dick. Exactly. Now, for the listeners, I know you guys can't see any of this shit, but we'll post it up. But that is the the beauty that it is. Uh, I, I guess this is a whole genre of art now is just the uh, dick holing. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> it's going to become like apple picking. Like couples are going to start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't people like drink wine and make art? You just fucking drink some wine and draw dicks on the street now. Yeah. <laughs> you go to a class at the YMCA to learn how to draw. <laughs> yeah. Learn how to spray paint dicks on stuff. You got to think if you're on the street or it to be a pothole on it, then you guys are like, these dicks don't look good. I just got to think he didn't have a whole lot of time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, balls, ball, herb, dick out. Or yeah. it could just be the early work. I mean, because we really saw a sort of trajectory with Wanksy where they were sort of like stubby, weird looking cartoon <laughs> dicks at first. And then by the end, he's, he's turning them into stuff like the Loch Ness Monster dick. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that guy. I would love if that guy had like a street closing sign that could just close streets off and do the art thing. <laughs> draw the dicks that he really wants to draw. Yeah, because it has like a dick art festival. 
And just like, yo, man, I got this clothes in the streets. I'm like, I can finally show people the dicks I'm capable of. Yeah, dude. <laughs> This is, I mean, I think, I think it was Manchester. They're missing an opportunity here, man. They yeah. should have like the Wanksy walk where you just charge people to walk around and see all of his dicks around town. Cock party, <laughs> block party. <laughs> Cock party, block party. Yeah. They shut down streets and stuff. Living in LA, you get these notices all the time. Like you were just walking around. They should do that in Manchester. Like people walk out of their apartment. There's a thing on the window. I'm all for it. Like, again, it's like Kevin was saying, it's like uh, this, this one person complained. They're like, oh, what if the kids see that? I was like, fuck it, it's going to make their day. It's going to make their year to see all these dicks all over. And like they don't see the same thing in the bathroom stall at school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they don't see the same thing from the pervert phys ed teacher every day. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we are going to move on to our main segment of the podcast now. This is Indecorous Deep Dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive was written by Bobby. Uh, while it sometimes feels like conspiracy theorists start with aliens and Roswell, it turns out we have a long history of questioning things and proposing our own theories. Tonight, with help from an article by Radu Alexander... We're going to talk about a few of the more well-known historical conspiracy theories. And Bobby, you can do this first one. According to history books, the outlaw Jesse James died in 1882, gunned down by 20-year-old Robert Ford, a member of Jesse's own gang. Ford killed James for the reward money, but some people think he instead helped him fake his death, which was a lot easier to do without DNA and dental records. Oh, I didn't know this was it. So some people, oh yeah, actually, I think maybe I have heard about it. People think like Jesse James lived to old age. Yeah, you know what? I once saw a movie once where they had, I don't remember the movie, but it was just like, oh, they had Jesse James. No, maybe it was Billy the Kid. I, I get those two confused too. There's some movie that has like by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Brad Pitt and then uh, um, Batman's younger brother from Boston. Batman's <laughs> younger brother from Boston. Casey Affleck. <laughs> you like that clue? Casey yes, Affleck. sir. <laughs> the most yes, roundabout sir. way of saying Casey <laughs> Affleck I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my god! I thought we were playing a game. I like it. But he got me there immediately. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's the way I'm going to be talking from here. There's so many levels to that because you got to fucking find out which Batman and then which Batman has a yeah. younger brother. <laughs> well, I said from Boston. Okay. Right? Yeah, you that's know. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So, I mean, I think I have heard stories of like, oh, Jesse James is still alive and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I think this happens a lot with super famous people that die, like Elvis and shit. People think Elvis is still alive. Yeah, Tupac. Tupac, exactly. Yeah. So Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Egg-shaped dick kept him alive. Is that what it was, Bobby? You're the expert on Epstein's dick on the podcast. No, I, I'm just on egg-shaped penises in general. <laughs> uh, okay, there you go. John, you can do this next story. The story died down for a while but came up again in 1948 when a centenarian named John Franklin Dalton came forward claiming to be Jesse James. Dalton died a few years later, and some who examined the body claimed to see marks including bullet wounds and a rope burn that supported Dalton's claims to be the famous cowboy. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Okay, so this is part of the, of the first story. So this dude, Franklin Dalton, he came out and he's like, hey, I'm Jesse James. Yeah, like a crazy old guy would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the other part of it is like, if you're an old dude that's got nothing to lose, and yeah, fuck it. You know what, man? Before I die, I'm going to say I'm Prince. Yeah. Was it a lady around? Was he shooting his shot? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Listen, I'm Jesse James. Jesse James, motherfucker. John, when you did that show last week, did anybody there claim to be a famous dead person? Um, I wish most of them were dead, dead people. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> Kevin, you weren't here for this, but, uh, John did a show at a, what is it? A nursing home or some shit? This was, this was years ago. The one last week was just a, a weird apartment show. But oh, the, that's the, right. The bad. nursing home one was years and years ago. Okay. Yeah. So the, most of them are probably dead by now. They heckled me mercilessly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I imagine there's a lot of turnover in that place. Yeah. All people are <laughs> 
Have you done shows for uh, old people, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're relentless. Because <laughs> they, don't, they don't give a fuck, right? Like, they, what do they have to lose? They are relentless. They are awful human beings. <laughs> I'm never getting twisted. Old people across the board are awful human beings. I've thought about that before, man, because old people get a lot of breaks. Like, oh, look at this fragile old man. It's like, how do you know this guy wasn't a wife beater when he was young? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just because yeah. he's fragile now doesn't mean that he wasn't an asshole. Because we like to assume the best of people. That yeah, you're right. Believe yeah. in humanity. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, like definitely some of the people at this show burned down a village in Vietnam or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Years after the war, too. Yeah. yeah. And now we cut them a break because they're confined to their gurney. Nah, fuck them, man. I told you, man, you got to destroy these people, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's an uh, uh, scientists try to settle the matter in modern times with DNA tests. And while it wasn't a resounding. Yep, that's the motherfucker. The results indicated Dalton was a lying sack of shit. There was a bungled attempt in 2000 to exhume Dalton's body and compare his DNA with James' descendants. However, the wrong body was exhumed and they weren't allowed to dig up the other one, so the conspiracy lives on. (laughs) How do you get that wrong? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine the scenario. Well, it sounds like they were trying to sell some tickets, so they had money riding on the fact that... Are we back to gambling again? <laughs> yeah, right. We could Look be. at you guys. If you care to make it interesting. I got to make yeah. three degenerates when I leave this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ford already put the gun to Jesse James' head, so we got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like the Al Capone's vault of DNA examinations where he's like, oh, look, we're going to finally find out if this guy's the thing. And then it's like, oh, sorry, wrong body. Yeah. So I don't understand how you get the wrong body. Like, they're labeled, aren't they? I would think so. <laughs> they're like a gravestone yeah. and shit. Yo, Jesse James switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was actually, they exhumed Billy the Kid's body. That's where they went wrong. They got yeah. it confused, too. <laughs> Wait, Jesse James had a brother, right? Frank James? I don't know. Is this like the Tito of the Jameses? I don't know what. what you're <laughs> I think about. Jesse James had a brother. Okay. Well, here's another conspiracy theory. William Shakespeare is regarded as one of history's greatest writers, but the idea that someone else was responsible for the works he's credited with has been around for over 150 years, with the names of close to 100 candidates put forward as the real playwright over that course of time i have heard this one he didn't really write all that shit that he was just taking credit for other people's work but all of it everyone's work no one was able no yeah yeah see that's the other thing too is like you're you're telling me nobody actually called him out on this shit it seems kind of you think that somebody would have been like hey fuck this guy yeah it says the like the conspiracy has been around for 150 years which was way after he was dead right yeah so like nobody from his day thought that that seems Yeah, nobody could vouch for him anymore, you know? Here's the thing, though. William Shakespeare's work actually hold up to stand the test of time? You know, man, I would tell you, but I'm the most ignorant person about Shakespeare. Like, I don't know anything about any of his plays or... Any, <laughs> like, I love Jeopardy. Anytime there's a Shakespeare category, I'm like, well, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is... Same boat. Yeah, if it's not Romeo and Juliet, I'm I'm done. I'm done, even if it is Romeo and Juliet. Okay, so, okay, Hamlet, that stands the test of time. Romeo and Juliet stands the test of time, and so does Macbeth. I mean, listen, A Midsummer Night's Dream also stands the test of time. And, <laughs> all right. Much Ado About Nothing, Containment of the Shrew, Henry V, okay, Richard III, Anthony <laughs> But aside from these 10 things, I mean, what has he contributed, really? Aside from 90% of his work. This motherfucker's got, this all his, this motherfucker's got an incredible catalog. I will say this, I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I have such a hard time even just understanding or reading this shit. Like, I rented Hamlet, and they were, basically the dialogue was directly off of the way Shakespeare wrote it, and I couldn't, I just couldn't follow it. I couldn't understand it. So I thought, like, well, I'll put the closed captioning on. That was just as bad. I still couldn't read. So, dude, this is what I ended up having to do to understand that movie. I had to put in the closed captioning dubbed in Spanish 
to understand what people were saying in English. Cause wow. I, yeah, because I couldn't understand what they were saying, dude. Like, that's the only way. You know, generally in movies like that, you just, the words are hard, but you fought the tone. You could tell. Like he's angry. Right. Oh, he's angry. I, I don't, <laughs> that's not the word for angry, but I could tell he's at least irritated. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, it kind of helped me understand what maybe like a, an American dude would feel when he's watching a telenovela or something. It's like, well, she's pissed off. That one's crying. <laughs> yeah, right. you're just watching people's eyebrows trying to yeah. figure out yeah. what's going on. Yeah, there's a red-headed guy with uh, freckles. <laughs> Something's going on. I think this is kind of random, but Hamlet would be a really good name for a pot-bellied pig. Oh, Hamlet. I'll dig it. We'll do that. I'll give you that, Bobby. I dig it. <laughs> it sounds like you guys were seriously considering naming a pot-bellied pig or something. Now we got to get a pot-bellied pig. But... Yeah. All right, Bobby, you can tell us more about this story. The main point made by these doubters, known as anti-Stratfordians. Oh, I think I, I think I fucked up spelling that one. Yeah. Stratfordfordians okay. is what we got. <laughs> Stratford. Yeah, I got a little Ford happy with the whole Robert Ford earlier. You know. But they mainly asserted that a working class guy like Shakespeare didn't have the experience, culture or education to write all those plays. They also claimed there was a lack of official documents that recorded Shakespeare's life and career as a playwright and that the known signatures of his look and are spelled different. Now, the first part of this puts me on Shakespeare's side because it, like, it sounds like they're being like, ah, oh, what, this fucking uh, working class dude is writing smart shit? He can't be smart. He's a fucking whore. Right. <laughs> we designated you to be a working class dude at your birth. We never, yeah. Right? Yeah, right. you came from this family and you're always working class. How are you this smart? It's impossible. Exactly. It's like we were talking about the crypto shit earlier. It's like, you're not supposed to be rich. We have to fucking stop this shit. This doesn't make any sense. Right. Oppression has been around for a long time, my friends. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right, man. No, but you guys get it because it's like, you know, it's like a little pig. It's a a hamlet. We're still doing the hamlet thing. (laughs) This is no, the, I got it. This is now the Hamlet podcast. I'd just like to table that for, I need that explained further. So we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, circle yeah, yeah. back. For the Patreon supporters, we'll have a 90-minute explanation of the Hamlet joke. <laughs> if you stick around. John, you can do this next little thing. It wasn't just a bunch of nobodies that suspected the Bard was a phony. Walt Whitman, Mark Twain, Sigmund Freud, and Orson Welles were among those who doubted Shakespeare. Some of the most popular candidates to be the real Shakespeare were Francis Bacon, Edwards de Vere, Earl of Oxford, and William Stanley, Earl of Derby. Haters in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I would have, that's actually, I would have loved to have seen this whole fucking drama play out on Twitter if it was happening. I guess there is really, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, there is no way of knowing for sure at this fucking point who wrote this shit. I don't know. I guess the question is, does it really matter at this point? Or is it just like academic or whatever the fuck? Um, I think it's worthwhile to yeah. go back and just uh, destroy a historical figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, just for funsies. Are we trying to cancel William Shakespeare? Yeah, I guess that's what we're trying to do, man. He was like the Carlos Mencia of his day, and he should deserve it. Well, that's the part that I'm I'm saying that almost as like to be devil's advocate, because I am all about like, I'm the most passionate person about joke stealing. I'm like, fucking, you're stealing jokes. Fuck you, you piece of shit motherfucker. You know what I mean? If it is someone else, I hope it's Earl of Derby. That name sounds like he could use a, <laughs> he could use a break. You know what? Fuck it. We're just going to call it. It's his. You know what I mean? We're fucking calling it right now. That's him. That's what we're going to do from here on out. This is our pact. Us four. Whenever someone thinks, Shakespeare, you mean, oh, you mean Earl of Derby? Oh, Earl of Derby? And you mean Earl of is Derby? Is that who you're referring to? <laughs> yes, and they're like, right. what are you talking about? And you go, just follow the line, sir. Follow yeah, the line. That's right. Exactly, man. All right. That's our pact here. Okay, so defenders of Shakespeare point out that his background was not unusual for a writer and that contemporary playwrights Christopher Marlowe and Ben Jonson had similar upbringings. But I can't believe that this is the focus of the argument, though. It's like he couldn't have written this. Look where he's from. 
Yeah, that's the most bullshit. Like that's, and then the people, even the people that's defending them wouldn't be like, this bullshit. They'd be like, no, 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 no. People from that background could actually write. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here's another conspiracy theory. The sinking of the RMS Lusitania in 1915 was one of the most pivotal and controversial moments of World War One. A German sub sunk the British ocean liner off the coast of Ireland, killing over 1,100 people, including 128 Americans. <laughs> I love how we always have to point out how many Americans there is, because otherwise we wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> 75 yeah. million people and three Americans. Oh, okay. I can't. Yeah, it's like an old lady gasps. Yeah. Like, it's not legit unless you say, hey, there was some American kills. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, you mean real people? Real Shit. people? Died? Oh, oh my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this ruined American German relations and preceded the United States entering the war. So, Bobby, you can tell us what the conspiracy is. For decades afterwards, a debate has raged on over whether the Lusitania was a legitimate military target or not. Germany maintained that the vessel entered a declared war zone, carrying large amounts of undeclared munitions, including explosives, which caused the ship to sink faster and in a more deadly fashion. So the whole thing is, our story is, this is just a fucking boat. And you guys sank it. You shouldn't have sunk this boat. It's just a legit boat. And then Germans are like, nah, that shit had uh, weapons and shit. Is, it, yeah. is that basically the thing? That's basically it. Okay. And it had explosives on it, I guess, that... All right. I, I don't know if any of them got hit or something, but... Okay. I mean, why would you be under the water for that long and doing that unless you was equipped with some sort of military operation? It looks like, uh, based on the first, I don't know that much about, I know nothing about this other than what we just read. Uh, I think all I know about this is that Shakespeare built this boat. <laughs> <laughs> no, Earl of Derby. The Earl of, oh, oh, you mean the Earl of Derby? <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's it was supposed to just be like a cruise ship. Yeah, that's what shit. I was thinking is it okay, was yeah. a cruise ship. So they were saying it's just like, hey, it's like you just uh, sunk a carnival cruise ship. No, in my luck, that's exactly the boat that I would be performing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the one that you would get sunk on. Yeah. yeah. The official British position was that the Lusitania was only carrying rifle ammo and artillery shells without fuses or propellant. It wasn't until a few years ago that declassified papers from the Foreign Office showed that the ship was indeed carrying explosives. That's what I'm trying to say. They were using the people on the cruise ship as human shields. There's no way your boat's just out there unless it's got some shit going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who goes on a cruise during the middle of a war? <laughs> <laughs> In, like, war-torn waters. And if you look out to the west, you can see the ship preparing to shoot us if you want to get pictures of that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, conspiracy theorists took it a step further and claimed that the British government wanted the Germans to sink the ship to get the U.S. on their side. They argued that British intelligence were well aware of the dangers in the area, having taken precautions with other ships, whereas the Lusitania was traveling at reduced speed in a straight line, making it an easy target. They also questioned why the ship wasn't provided with a destroyer escort, even though multiple were available. See, at that point, just call off the cruise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cruise canceled due to war. World war. <laughs> Just give people a fucking voucher for next year. Yeah. <laughs> the Barry White cover band can't make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, what they're saying here is that they did this on purpose to get the U.S. involved in the war, right? That's the whole conspiracy theory? Yeah. yeah. But it seems like it's been actually proven, though. Like, this is like a conspiracy theory that it seems like it was legit. Yeah. Dude, but who took, but who took those L's for the team if they were doing that? Hey, man, we put you on this boat. It's probably going to get blown out of the water. <laughs> but know this. Once it does, the Americans will come and then your, your country will be safe. Well, I mean, back then, I mean... They didn't really care much about human life. I mean, what else were you going to do? Go burn to death in a garment fire? You know? <laughs> so they just put him on a boat? Like, at least you're going down as heroes now? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the way it works. That's the funny part about history is that we're used to all the comforts of modern life, but 
Most people in the past were just fucking miserable. Yeah. They almost welcomed death at that point. They're like, all right, well, I mean, it's either this or dying in a fire. I guess I'll fucking take a torpedo to my face. Yeah, I can't wait to get back to my 14-hour work day. (laughs) With my kids. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to move on to our last segment of the night. This is Indecorous Laws. We are doing West Virginia this week. Every week, or whenever we feel like it, we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the United States. Most of these were real laws, at least at some point. Some of them have since been repealed, and others are sadly still on the books. Bobby, you can start us off with this first one. If any person arrived at the age of discretion profanely purse or swear or get drunk in public, he shall be fined by a justice $1 for each offense. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would love to just go in and write a check for a hundred and then just be on my way, a hundred dollars. She's like, here you guys go, a hundred bucks. I'm about to go fuck some shit up. Dude, I would go there, but just get a hundred dollars in singles and just fucking picking, keep dropping them. You know, like I'm fucking making it rain every time I say fucking cunt and shit. Like, hey, that sounds right, though. That sounds legit. Especially in West Virginia, dude. Uh, anyone who hunts, catches, takes kills injures or pursues a wild animal or bird with a ferret will face a fine up to five hundred dollars and up to 100 days in jail is ferrets considered inhumane like hunting with the ferret considered inhumane with, with a ferret so i don't like is that a thing i didn't even know that's people... what i'm saying like yeah are they sacred the way that it's punctuated i wasn't sure if it was like you pursue a bird using the ferret to pursue the bird or the bird is the one with the ferret (laughs) (laughs) the the bird has a pet ferret (laughs) that's the loophole you see birds carrying ferrets all over the place just so they won't get shot (laughs) that would be amazing though if you leave your hound at home or whatever and take your ferret out depending on what kind of game you're going after Ferret just seems like, all right, you send out your ferret to sniff out an animal. Isn't the fucking animal just going to eat the ferret? No, it's it's like it's got to eradicate some cobras or something. Is that what it is? is right. Or wait, is, is a ferret the same as, they're not the same as a mongoose, are they? I, I don't, I don't. Now we're getting to zoology. I here. don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's the same type of thing. It's like a long rat. Yeah. A, oh, okay. Like a long, flexible rat. And what it what would be the advantage of hunting with a ferret? I have no idea. Yeah, that sounds like a handicap. I don't understand how this could have even happened. <laughs> Me either. That's what I'm saying. I think ferrets were like sacred back then. <laughs> that, that must have been. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's West Virginia, so they were like, "Don't use ferrets. We eat those fuckers." Right. These are these are guys. Yeah, they worship the ferret in West Virginia. It's like cows in India, ferrets in West Virginia. All right, I'll do this last one. It is against the law to wear hats in theaters and performances based on the fact that they can obstruct other people's views. Refusing to remove the hat is a misdemeanor punishable with a fine between $2 and $10. I'm on board with this one. Well, this strikes very close to home here for me. <laughs> and, and you're a tall guy, too. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with this as well. No, I, I'll say yeah. that, too. I mean, well, I'm a, I guess that it works out for me because I'm a short guy anyway, and I wear a hat, so who gives a fuck? Like, wearing a hat just makes me look like I'm a normal height. It was crazy. Every time I go to a movie, I'm always wearing one of those Jamiroquai hats. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> like the, the, the Buckingham Palace Guards. I think that what they could do here is they could make it the same as like a knife law so that it's only hats over a certain height (laughs) measured from the top of your head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Only hats of a certain length. So it'd be like if you're slash or whatever, you have to take the hat off. Or if you have like a 10 gallon hat. Well, see, it's like I got me. me, See, we're on two different planes here because me and Bobby are about the same height. Like, Bobby, what are you? Five, seven, five, eight? Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, I'm about that. And John, how tall are you? Six, three. All right. And how tall are you, Kev? Six, five, sorry. Yeah. So you motherfuckers, you don't have to deal with this shit. Yeah. Fuck all you motherfuckers. (laughs) And I still wear that hat. (laughs) Yeah. You still. Fuck all y'all six two six six motherfucker. And every time I think about not wearing that hat, I look at my bracelet that says "What we're Earl of Derby Jr." <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs>
All right, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Kevin, thank you so much for being a guest, man. Appreciate you making the Appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah, thank you, me. Kevin. Anything you want to plug, man, before we let you go? I'll be recording my album, album at, at me in Minneapolis. Otherwise, uh, KevinBozeman.com for my tour date and KevinBozeman1 for Instagram. That's awesome, dude. When are you recording that album at Acme? In August. I got two months to hammer it out. That's And that's a fucking awesome club. That club is one of the best. All right. Well, we'll let you go, man. But I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Take care, dude. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Uh, Bobby, I know you don't have any last words. John, do you have any last words? Um... Uh... Take your time. <laughs> Good. <clears throat> Took you so long that Bobby could still do this sigh even though I try to stop him. <laughs> I had some I had something prepared a minute ago and I've forgotten what it was. It was probably a callback to a thing that didn't work the first time. Well, that, that's all we do on this podcast. That's why it takes me so long to edit these things. Nothing works. <laughs> yeah. I reference things that we talked about before the guest came on. And, yeah. <laughs> Have you listened to the episodes mm -hmm. that you've been in yet, John? I, I hadn't had a chance yet, but okay. planning to. Are you? If I can, <laughs> if I can tolerate the sound of my own voice. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. So I record myself sometimes. Well, back when I was a stand-up comic, I would record myself, and then I would just archive that for years because I was like, <laughs> I can't stand just watching that fucking thing again. It's fucking torture, man. It is. I record at least audio of almost every single set, and I listen to none of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really hampered my development, I got to say. <laughs> and the bad part of it is that the few times that I have actually made the time or just forced myself to listen to my sets, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how I could do that better. Like, it actually is good. I mean, yeah, that's why it's recommended and people do it. Successful people do it. But I'm like, I can't fucking... I remember I worked with uh, Stanhope ages ago, back when I first met him. And he was talking about how he, he goes on stage and he ad-libs some shit and he's trying to work on material. But then he forgets the stuff that he says by the end of the show. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I have my camera. I, you know, I can record you. And he was like, no, I'm well aware that there's recording mechanisms. I just don't want to watch my set. <laughs> I was like, I was fucking suggesting like, oh, like you've never heard of a recording? Like, no, I, I, am, I am well aware of recording mechanisms. I just don't want to fucking listen to myself for an hour after I've been on stage. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the time I'm, I'm up 10 minutes, max 15 minutes, maybe. And I can't even get through that. So I can't imagine an hour of it. It's fucking brutal. But it, I mean, I will say though, for the youngins out there, the young comics, it is helpful to do it. Absolutely. It's absolutely a thing we should all be doing. <laughs> it's just fucking painful. <laughs> all right, guys, that is our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing that you could possibly do is tell your friends that there's a podcast that you really like and they should listen to it too so tell your friends to listen to Indecorous Comedy Podcast we're at IndecorousComedy.com if you want to support us monetarily you can also hit us up on Patreon at ThemShits.com yeah that's the podcast guys okay. Cock party block party.